This is Crowcast, the podcast from Crow in the UK, a leading audit, tax, advisory and risk firm with global reach and local expertise. In our podcast, you will hear from our specialists, offering insights and pragmatic advice to businesses of all sizes, professional practices, non-profit organisations, pension funds and private clients. Hello and welcome to Crowcast. I'm Nick Latimer, a tax partner in our Cheltenham office, and I'm joined today by Richard Dean, a chartered financial planner. And we're here to discuss inheritance tax and working together. We work on mutual clients, Richard and I, and we see huge benefit for our clients in joined up tax and financial planning. And today is to talk about how that really works and benefits our clients. Now, just a few words on me. My name's Richard Dean. I'm a chartered financial planner. I work for Crow Financial Planning, which is a subsidiary of the LLP. Uh, We're nationwide, um, along with our LLP colleagues, um, with advisors in all our offices. And um, yeah, as Nick said, the the benefits of working together on mutual clients, uh, well, we'll hope to demonstrate some of that for you today. Yeah, we thought uh, it's best to do that perhaps with just a few illustrations of some scenarios that we've had recently with some of our clients. And uh, so we'll we'll kick off really with a client we helped recently, Richard, which it came in, didn't it, from uh, from someone else, I think. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a great example of, you know, professionals working together, both internally at Crow and externally, of course, all for the benefit of clients. This was a nice introduction from an investment manager that we've worked with for a long time. Um, some relatively wealthy clients looking for new advisors, and uh, we we happen to be in the right place uh, as they they uh, are based up in the Cotswolds some of the time as well. Um, and they needed help on a variety of issues. Nick, do you want to cover what they needed from you first? Yeah, I think I mean it, well, this is where it helped brilliantly because. This chap was exiting his business and, and it wasn't a straightforward transaction. So he needed some tax advice around how best to structure it. Uh, and obviously, out of the backs of the transaction, he was going to have a lot of money to invest. So uh, I, I got involved uh, in terms of actually analysing the tax uh, position of the disposal, how much tax he would have to pay, pay what kind of uh, tax release would be available to him. And, uh, and, and then after that, uh, it was about modelling what his income might look like and uh, sort of flows that might come from the money that was left from the disposal. I think that's right. There's so many things to think about in that sort of situation. People work for such a long time in their field of specialty and then haven't really given much thought to what the future might look like when they're not working so much. And, And of course, that's where we can bring long experience try and drill down to find out what it is they want to achieve from their sort of retirement or semi-retirement, whatever whatever you want to call it. And we're always driven by those central tenets of um, tax efficiency, not paying any more, not, not paying much more tax than you have to, um, long-term structuring um, and helping clients meet their objectives. I think we were, we were able to do that. In this instance, there was already existing investments to review, um, some tax efficient wrappers to review. That's something that we use a lot of. Um, so the straightforward ones like ICES and less straight, less straightforward like offshore bonds. Um, pension considerations were a piece were a piece here as well. 
um, the client was close to their lifetime allowance. So there was analysis to be done about whether there was benefit or, of putting extra money in, given, given the likely future growth. Um, and, and they had a, a relatively punchy ongoing income target as well. So working out how to deliver that, which was possible from the capital, but delivering it tax efficiently as well, having paid a, a lot of tax throughout their lives and a lot of tax on their exit. Um, why pay more tax than you have to going forward? And, and actually, this client, he, he did go from having um, a, an inheritance tax problem to having quite a significant inheritance tax problem because uh, having had shares that qualified for reliefs, he suddenly didn't have shares that qualified for reliefs. And in some cases, uh, with proper prior planning, you can actually plan to move shares to the next generation before a transaction, but that wasn't possible here. So actually, we had to think about other options for what to do with the money, I think, from an inheritance tax point of view. Sure. And so the, the, the first port of call in that sort of instance, given that they were still relatively young in terms of planning for inheritance tax, so sort of mid to late 50s, uh, the first port of call was just to put in place a simple life insurance policy. I mean, what that does when you're young and in reasonable health is to it basically buys you time at a relatively low cost to think about other inheritance tax planning strategies. Uh, they had existing offshore bonds, so there were some um, relatively sophisticated trust-based solutions that we could use for those that give them access to the income stream over time, but remove the capital from their estate over over a period as well. We, we find these work incredibly well in the right situation. Um, and I think you know inheritance tax is it's one of those ongoing conversations isn't it we're still we're still discussing it with them um and they'll still they'll still be problems further down the line it's never it's unlikely to be a problem in this instance that we eliminate entirely but the flip side of that also is true then that whatever we do should be effective yeah and i i thought the the solution that you you had in terms of uh a sort of bond enabling you to pass value down to the next generation but retain a kind of stream of income for the rest of their lives actually solved a lot of a lot of the the challenges they had and uh yeah it was a, it was a good solution i think for the client but obviously ongoing yeah <laughs> yeah i think so i think i think the key with those i mean we're talking about discounted gift trusts i don't want to get too lost in the technicalities given the short time we've got today but, you know, they, they are really effective. You get an immediate discount up front for, for inheritance tax purposes based on the income stream that you're going to receive in the future. And the rest drops out over the next seven years. Um, the one thing to, I suppose to bear in mind about discounted gift trusts, because I know when we speak about them, like at our previous seminar, people get quite excited. They are limited to cash and investments, really. They unfortunately um, don't qualify for property assets. Um, but there, but there are other things that can be done yeah, around that. Absolutely, and and obviously property is such a big uh, inheritance tax problem at the moment, and that that kind of uh, leads me on to probably my next case that we we worked on, which uh, was a slightly different scenario. A younger guy with a very cash generative business, with cash building up in the company, looking at how to get that money out for the benefit of his kids, but also make investments in the future with the funds. So um, it was a great uh, opportunity for me to get involved with some restructuring and to enable him to pass down some of the value to his kids through uh, setting up a, a new class of share that the, the children could receive dividends from and benefit from low tax rates because of their own personal allowance and basic rate bans. So we went to revenue for clearance to do that, uh, created a, a kind of new group structure 
with uh, with some ownership from the family, and uh, and then with the surplus cash, we found a way to to put that into a, a new investment company, which can be used to invest in property and other assets in a corporate environment, which is quite tax efficient because companies pay lower rates of tax and uh, and benefit from some other uh, allowances more costs, for example, are tax deductible in a company. So if you're used to a little bit of extra complexity, your corporate investment vehicle is really good. And again, I could bring Richard in there to to help uh, look at investing uh, corporate cash. Yeah, this was a, a great introduction but via the restructure, of course, to, to ensure that the, the investments were segregated in a separate company. It's meant that we've looked at the right sort of vehicles that can be used under a corporate structure whether you need a bond, whether you can just have a straightforward investment portfolio. There's some considerations around that. And then thinking about the types of investments and, and, and what we're looking to achieve over the longer term. As Nick touched on, this uh, this client is he, still quite young in his early 40s. Um, and so we can take a very long-term view and, and then we can bring in slightly more you know, high, slightly higher risk investment strategies than we might for, for most of our clients where we tend to err on the side of caution where possible. Uh, he can afford to take the risk. He's a long, he's a long term planner. So, so that's been very interesting. And, and we've, again, we've looked at his pensions there. Uh, you know, he's, he's young, but he's already made some significant contributions into a pension. So there's planning there around is he going to get to the now reduced lifetime allowance uh, given given where his pension pots are? And and, and that's something that we, we will look at on an ongoing basis for him. I, I can't see much merit in making contributions now, but there may, there may be in the future as we start to think about whether to crystallise his pensions early and that sort of thing. Yeah. I think, I think you know, the, the benefit of pensions, of course, under the current regimes is that they are really effective inheritance tax vehicles. And if yeah. you don't need to draw on them, then you can you can pass you can pass those assets on down the generations very effectively Absolutely. for the moment i should say i mean you know until that until someone actually looks at that legislation but at the, at the moment they are intergenerational planning vehicles and so, sure. so that's an interesting place to to look at and, and most clients we come across have a pension of course as everyone should have with my financial planning <laughs> hat on but I think absolutely, and and those are all part of the advice. And I think one thing that corporate investment doesn't work so well in is property investment, where you want to occupy it yourself. I mean, it works well for buy to let, commercial property investment, and the like. Uh, but but it's certainly part of the plan here might be in the longer term that that my client would like to buy a, a place that his family can use as a holiday home. Well, the only the best way of doing that is to sort of drip the money out to himself over time and then perhaps go into a joint investment with his kids that a property that they can all enjoy together and that again that's quite an inheritance tax efficient tool because you can keep the majority of the wealth you know outside of the the patriarch's estate if we, if you plan it right so uh yeah we shall see where that one goes and then uh i think, I think just finally on that yeah. on that particular case because the guy is quite young the sort of traditional planning techniques you know trust-based planning we've already nick's mm. done a bit of already um but investment-based inheritance tax is still very young for that so mm. we i've had that discussion with him and but we'll we'll continue to keep that on the annual agenda i think you know it's a, it's a simple based simple life assurance policy case as well mm -hmm. and, and we're discussing the, the the relative merits of that given that he is very young 
and that there is already significant capital. But yeah. but generally, the spectre of potentially paying forty percent on yeah. a big number, it's probably worth insuring against. And, and there's lots of different options out there. And then actually, that kind of leads on to the final sort of case that we were going to talk about, where. Uh, it's a client who, who actually you helped set up some trusts a long time ago, and they've already built up in value. There's quite a lot of wealth in there for his kids who are now, you know, a, a sort of um, working age. Yeah, again, you know, another nice client to come across. He was already an existing um, uh, client of the of the LLP when I joined Crow in 2012, and we were just starting to think about longer term planning for him. He'd recently stopped working just over the age of 50 um, and, and had already built up significant assets. And so, you know, that's a, that's a great client to have a look at. You've got lots of options. Um, the first thing that seemed to make sense, they, they had two, two children, was to set up lifetime trusts immediately. You know, use your nil rate band as early as you can identify that you're not going to need that capital going forward. And of course, now, now we're here, um, well, over um, nearly 10 years down the line, and um, we're, we're having those conversations again. We can do it again. We yeah. can do it again and yeah. potentially do it again in seven years' time after that. But of course, but, you know, I'm, so, I'm slightly nervous, uh, uh, you know, with those sort of cases in terms of the fact that uh, can we identify that, those clients aren't going to need the capital themselves. And that's the balancing act that, that, that we could look at, both in terms of the income that can be generated, which is, tends to be more important in later life than actual capital. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's, it, 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 it's always something to have a, have a look but at. But those, I mean, those trusts are, because now the kids are no longer minors, they can be used for funding their lifestyle and, and helping them. So and obviously kids are a burden financially for your whole life. So, so those trusts have become a... A really good, you know, source of funds to help help the kids, which which is obviously yeah, you've done some clever things. There. Well, I think I mean the, the thing for them is, and I think it's true for a lot of younger people, they can't afford to fund a pension themselves from their own income because they're paying all their money in rent and and um, and just living. So you know, we've been able to use the, the the income that's accumulated in the trust to to pay that out and enable them to make pension contributions and actually the, the effective tax rate savings over 50% in that kind of scenario. So it, it becomes a really great planning tool. So I think inheritance tax planning with trusts every seven years in your lifetime, if you're in that sort of wealthy category, it, it, it makes total sense. And, um, you know, it's part of, again, the wider longer term strategy, which all these things are. It's not, it's a, it's a long term thing. Um, we, we have, we tend to have a meeting with them once a year. We're, yeah. we're generally shifting assets around to make sure that we're making the use of uh, basic rate bands and capital gains tax allowances to try and ensure that we're bringing, you know, maximum tax efficiency to the, to the client's situation. He definitely doesn't like paying tax. Um, sometimes he doesn't like paying fees, um, but that, that's part of the course. And of course, yeah. these these discussions just grow over time. And it's and, and obviously now it's it's great because we're starting to get involved with helping the children plan mm-hmm. for their pensions, for their ISAs, and mm-hmm. so it becomes a you know a family wealth planning service as well, yeah. doesn't it? But I, I think I think again, this sort of probably brings us towards the end of this procast. It's really the fact that this sort of uh, inheritance tax uh, intergenerational planning it, it's done best with a good team of advisors starting you know uh, sooner rather than later because you know the more we can do to help you grow your wealth in an efficient way that doesn't leave it all to the tax man, uh, the better. And um, really, I, I guess. 
I would really close by just saying thank you to Richard for joining for this. Well, thank call. you. <laughs> and uh, and and probably in you know po pointing you to our website. The the Crow website has an inheritance tax hub. Um, if you Google Crow IHT calculator, you can uh, you can have a go at working out what your own inheritance tax liability is. And there's loads of links in there to to our Crow financial planning team and to our, our tax teams as well. So uh, thank you very much for attending and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you again at the next Crowcast. Tune in next time for another episode of Crowcasts. For more information about Crow, our services, industries we advise and insights, visit crow.co.uk. We are an independent member of Crow Global, one of the top 10 accounting networks in the world. You can connect with us on social media by following Crow UK on LinkedIn or at Crow UK on Twitter.